to Trees and Nylon podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. I'm joined by the titan of titanium, the prince of all things paraphernalia. It is Colin of Dangle Supply. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh man, what an intro. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I got to live up to the expectations that I've set for other people since apparently you're a listener <laughs> of the podcast as well, which we love to hear. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Colin, for anyone who might not know, before we jump into the actual format of the podcast, tell me and tell the listeners, I should say, because I know all about you. Tell the listeners who you are, what you do, everything like that. Wow. Uh, okay. Where do I begin? Um, yeah. So I do a lot of things, but one of the things I do is I run a brand called Dangle Supply. And mm-hmm. uh, we are, uh, I would say we're a brand that's about enhancing your experience in the outdoors uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, with certain types of products that are, that are uh, high tech. And uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll leave it there. We can get into more detail. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Certain products that are more high tech. I like that. <laughs> um, and for anyone who doesn't know, this is a Trees and Island podcast where <clears throat> I bring on a guest. I'm Trees, by the way, in case you you didn't listen to the intro, but I bring on a guest. We talk about trees and also nylon going through a past, present, future progression with both those topics. So my question for you, Colin, what do you want to start with? Trees or nylon? Uh, I, th- I like to think that trees are more important. So let's start there. Awesome. That's wonderful. Cool. So yeah, tell me a little bit about... Um, Kind of how you got started going outside, enjoying nature, just childhood and youth moments with that. Totally. Yeah, this is going to take me way back. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was lucky enough to be born in Seattle um, to parents who are like outdoorsy-ish. Uh, and they especially like um, they did things on the water. So my parents were mm. big into canoeing, things like that. So um yeah. So like from an early age, they were including me in those types of trips. Uh, and uh, I think another important chapter was that when I was 10 years old, we moved to Eugene, Oregon, which uh, for those who don't know, is a obviously a very wet place. Um, a lot of rain, kind of cold, um, plenty of rivers, plenty of lakes, things like that, plenty of ocean. Mm-hmm. There's tons of water and it's also uh, sort of uh, hippie town where it was. Mm. Uh, so there's sort of like a weird, I'm seeing all these things as I get older, like all of these things that happened in my early life that come back around and bite me. Um, so yeah, I guess that's like, those are the, those are the early stories, but, um, actually I have quite a bit of experience in the outdoors. Um, I, when I went to college, I went to college in Colorado and, uh, I got to do all kinds of things that were super duper fun. And it really changed my life because I was sort of a casual outdoor enthusiast. You know, I do the things that you do when you grow up in Oregon, like occasionally go skiing, you like, um, maybe play around in the woods a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. and yeah. And then, and then I went to college and, and in college I was lucky enough to like take those things to the next level. So like on weekends, I knew a bunch of, I would knew a crew of people who would go rock climbing, who would drive out to Utah and go canyoneering, who would, uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, go on some kind of ski adventure, sleep in a snow cave, those kinds of things. So did a lot of that stuff. Um, and then post-college I moved back to Oregon. Um, Portland was a cool city at the time. And so I had a couple of friends who moved up there and we sort of like spent one winter there and got depressed and there were, and couldn't find good jobs. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so uh, I talked to a buddy of mine and he he said, hey, uh, I work for this company in Southern California that uh, does raft trips. Do you want to come down and learn how to be a raft guide? And mm-hmm. I was pretty into that because I had done some kayaking growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I went down there and uh, yeah, ended up ended up like um, doing a lot of kayaking, doing a lot more kayaking, guiding raft trips, spending time in the sun. You know, you could like make make a few dollars, live really cheaply, um, have a great time with uh-huh. a friend and like not take anything too seriously so yeah did that and then that rolled kind of into more guiding stuff and so i ended up working for a company called uh Knowles, national outdoor leadership school um and they're sort of like an outward bound type of organization and so yeah in my 20s i sort of like lived out of a truck and um wow. went all over the place like <laughs> guiding raft trips in idaho and was uh yeah working on rivers in alaska and was doing sailing trips in baja and um climbing mountains in the north cascades and all kinds of stuff so that was sort of like a really nice chapter of my life where uh, i didn't make any money but i had a lot of memories yeah. that i cherish not all about money <laughs> some some of my best memories were when i wasn't making money <laughs> yeah totally yeah that was most of a decade of my life so uh yeah but um but yeah that was, those are sort of my like formative years so mm-hmm. uh yeah, i spent a ton of time outside i mean there were probably there was probably a year or two in there where i might have spent more nights uh camping than staying in a house so wow it's a pretty nice That's a dream for some of these people man yeah totally, totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so a <clears throat> couple things that you mentioned when you were talking first of all uh no love for the East Coast, it seems. Stay on the uh, West. True, true, true. Um, it's just because, like, you grow up in the West. This is mm-hmm. just the unfortunate reality. You grow up in the West, and there's big mountains, and there's big waves in the oceans, and there's big everything. There's big open spaces. There's tons of public land. And then you go out East, and there's, like, way more people, and everything's a lot smaller, and you just sort of become conditioned to think that's a little bit lesser. Now, now that I'm older, mm-hmm. like, those commu- <laughs> there's a lot about the communities in the East that seem, like, really amazing, and there's some really awesome natural wonders out there. And I actually did – I went to graduate school in Rhode Island, so I spent oh, nice. some time there, and uh, I was dating somebody at the time who had family in Vermont, so I spent time mm-hmm. out there. And, yeah, and that was super nice, but it's just, you know, it's a different vibe. Yeah. Um, what'd you go to graduate school for? And what'd you go to college for also? Yeah. So I, uh, I studied, I have a, yeah, a very strange path. I okay. studied, I studied physics as an undergrad. Oh, so wow. I was a scientist, but I was kind of like never into it in a weird way. Mm. I was okay. sort of good at it. You're just doing it? School. Well, I was good at high school and, uh, because it was all in high school. It's really simple. It's like all about cannons and ladders and like all this stuff that's really tangible. And then when you do it in college, it becomes so abstract that, you know, you're doing orbital mechanics and like <laughs> about things that are like, you can never see because they're so small. And I just sort of lost interest in that kind of thing. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, sort of minoring and like doing stuff outside. Um, and yeah, and then, but then, um, you know, I didn't go to grad school for a long time afterwards, but I was more interested in creative things. So I actually went, uh, to, uh, I went to grad school in graphic design. So, um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I went to an art school. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's quite a path. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a weird path. And, you know, Daniel Supply fits into there somehow in ways that I'm still trying to understand, but, art, um, kind of there's physics yeah. involved. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's definitely physics. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and one of the things I do now, I, I teach at an art school. So oh, um, nice. I bounce around a little bit is, uh, I'm, yeah, I teach at an art school in Los Angeles. So, um, that's a thing I do in addition to the brand. 
Very cool. Another thing, you said you were a guide. <clears throat> that you, you kind of were just a guide for 10 years, it sounds like, doing yeah. odd jobs and guide work. What's some like crazy stories you have of like taking kids up mountains and on rivers and such? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this before we were talking and I was sort of reminiscing <laughs> these times. And yeah. I was thinking about like which near death experience I could talk about um, <laughs> that came up. So my favorite, I think my favorite one, uh, yeah, luckily near death experience. So, okay. So your, your favorite near death experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So man, this story is about this kid named Harry. Harry, I think his last name is Lambert. Harry Lambert, if you're out there listening, uh, I hope you're doing well out there. Yeah, shout uh, out to Harry. <laughs> shout out to Harry. Um, <clears throat> so I was a, I did a lot of trips, um, guiding multi-day, multi-day raft trips on the Salmon River. And so this trip was on the main Salmon, which is like a really, really incredible place to go. It's uh, really hot in the summer. There's huge pine trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really wild. You're you're in the biggest wilderness area in the lower 48. So you're it's super remote, even though the river corridor is like pretty well traveled. The forest around there is not. Um it's it's sort of really a magical experience to spend time out there. Um and we were in camp, you know, you, you kind of go down the river during the day and then you unload all your gear and you on the beach and you you make camp and um also, like in the West in the summertime, in these arid climates in the mountains, you often get these thunderstorms in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So typically, you know, three or four in the afternoon, the clouds build up and and then uh, often there'll be like uh, lightning and hail or rain or something. And then, you know, by 6 p.m. or something, it all clears out and then it's beautiful again. So we'd gotten to camp um, on the early earlier side and and set up camp. And so the, the students that were on this course were like set up on the beach. They had their like kitchens out and their tents, uh, the tents were not mm-hmm. quite set up. And uh, I remember uh, the storms were starting to build, right? And it's starting to get like that stormy kind of feeling and you're sort of yeah. seeing the clouds and- uh, <laughs> Feeling the wind. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, the wind starts to pick up. It's a little ominous and you know that you're <laughs> in for something. And so I was like, okay, we should all get our tents set up in case it, in case it rains a lot or hails. So the students started setting up their tents and the wind is blowing so hard. The, the tents are just flapping around, like 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 flapping and flapping and flapping to the point where they're shaking so much that this, they they can't get the tents up, and uh, the tent and the fabric's kind of like ripping a little bit. And I'm like, okay, like this is not worth doing. Let's let this just blow through. Jeez. Like put ro- put rocks on the tents, like leave them staked mm-hmm. in, but like put rocks on top of them and just leave them there so they blow away, and we'll set them yeah. up once the storm's through. And I remember at one point looking downstream, I could see maybe a half a mile downstream, and I saw like. I try to remember like little puffs of dirt, I think like way, 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 way down there. I'd never seen anything like this before. And I'd spent a ton of time. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I sort of could recognize in the distance, as far as I could see these hundred foot tall pine trees falling over. (laughs) And then it was clear that there was a wind coming towards us that Uh was toppling these pine trees like toothpicks. Coming oh towards my lord 100 foot tall uh-huh. yellow coming right at us uh so it turns out that there's these weather events called microbursts that i really always heard of but i'd never experienced before um they were sort of legendary but you, you kind of don't believe in stuff until you see it and so these trees this wave of toppling trees it's like something out of like a lord of the rings movie but it's like yeah. it's coming towards you right and you're like aware that this thing is going to be on top of you in mm-hmm. like 30 seconds so i yelled at everybody to like run down and get in the water 
uh, to get away from the beach where there were trees, right? In case these trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flew at you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? So these trees, so I'm looking downstream, these trees are falling, they're rolling down the hill, steep hillsides, and they're rolling into the river, falling into the river. I mean, it was insane, wow. right? That is crazy. Yeah, like apocalypse. Like, yeah, totally. And it's like, they're coming for, you know, it's coming for us. So, so <laughs> this wind gust gets to us, you can see it on the water as it's coming, mm-hmm. and it gets to us. And everybody's terrified i'm terrified i don't know what i'm going to do but like in charge of everybody's lives so i'm trying to direct people and right as it hits us uh this tree that's in camp that's 120 feet tall you know the kind of thing that's like i don't know three people holding hands would have to it was like big enough like it would take that many people to go around um snaps like 30 feet up it the tree breaks right there and the canopy sort of like lifts off the ground and falls into camp meanwhile harry <laughs> is uh-huh. like poor harry has been like <laughs> around in his tent like uh-huh. running around with his gear and he's just like running towards the beach because he's like the last one <laughs> and God. i swear the branches on this hundred foot section of tree just sort of like brushed his back as he was running <laughs> So everybody was like, Harry, Harry, Harry. And Harry survived to this day. To my Somehow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's that that was a that was a wild. Uh, I've seen a lot of wild things. That was that was one of the that was up there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't I'm I i do not think I have a story that insane. I think the craziest I've seen has been like it snowed here. <laughs> snow <laughs> snow in georgia is always bad uh yeah there's one well, the time funny, that, go ahead the go funny ahead. thing about those yeah the funny thing about those things is like you know you as you continue to do things outside like those things will just keep happening and mm-hmm. most of the time they go well like you yeah. know 99.5 percent of the time they go well but then if you do mm-hmm. it enough then it's just a matter of oh, <laughs> it, it's yeah, gonna go wrong eventually <laughs> <laughs> i think a story i've told on the pod before has been one time when i was camping <clears throat> It was a it was a very steep trail, lots of like sharp corners and stuff. And once we turned a corner, we saw a tree branch shaking. We're like, okay, it's weird. We haven't seen anyone else on the trail yet. And we turned the corner, and we just saw what we thought was a bunch of cows walking down the trail, like the same direction as us, but walking down. And then we were just kind of just scared of the cows, like stampeding in the other direction and killing us. But that wasn't really there was really nothing to it. And then we come to the top of the um, the the trail led to a bald on the top of a mountain and it was just a ranch up there. It was just a farm for all these cows. So I don't know. That's not that scary. Obviously yeah. that was you almost watch, scary. Watch out though. I've had some, uh, I was in Baja once and the, the cows, uh, the cows down there can be pretty wild. They're like real scrawny and have huge horns. Oh yeah. And they're, they're like real hungry sometimes. And I remember <laughs> they, they'll like run around and one time they stole a bag of our food and like ran off, really? stole a bag of food and ran off in the bushes. Yeah. And we sort of had to chase around with a stick to get our food back. <laughs> And you know he's swinging those big horns around. Doesn't yeah. want food, so <laughs> be careful. Cows wow. take care. <laughs> no, these these were definitely just like cows that were being bred to slaughter. I think. Okay, all right. You know, so like they, it was it was like a local farm that was just selling them. It was they were they weren't wild cows with long horns or anything. Gotcha. They were just dairy cows. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, mellow <laughs> cows, super mellow. Yeah. Okay. And we actually we went back up a second time um, on another trip, and there's a barbed wire fence that kind of runs along the last mile or so of it as you're walking up to like the little area where you can sit and they're just cows chilling uh it's in the smokies oh cool nice yeah yeah smoky mountains um oh man what's it called 
Hemp Hill Bald in the Smokies. Isn't that fun? Yeah, extremely. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, don't. No, that's my favorite hike. So no one go on that one because uh, I don't. don't, I don't get too crowded. Don't blow up the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got another one. I'll keep on the secret. (laughs) Uh, So tell me a little bit now what your schedule is going outside places you like going to in Montana or LA since you said you kind of oscillate between two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, schedule is like I, I I try to get outside as much as possible. It's less these days. I have a I have a two year old, so um, I try to take her out more. And those are like mellower adventures, right? Because Mm -hmm. um, she has lower tolerance for those kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, we. But I I got pretty into riding bikes. Oh, nice! um, Six or eight or ten years ago, and so I do a lot of bike riding. I take her out on rides. We also do. where I live, I'm not going to blow up my spot. Where I live in Montana uh, is very close to uh, a large river that you've heard of, and um, so we go out floating too in the summertime. Oh, nice, very nice. nice. Yeah, um, so that's the schedule. I still get out. Um, I've, I've gotten into what's become known as bike packing. It used to be called bike touring. Um, okay. So I've done a bunch of bike packing. So I usually go out in the summertime and do a couple of trips like that, where you like backpacking but you ride a bike so you carry your stuff on your bike and you go the dirt roads or single track or various places and uh get some longer like multi-day trips in so that's that's something i'm into um yeah and uh yeah so in la you know people don't know this um la is an incredible place to do things outside uh and everybody everybody knows that like yeah of course the weather is good here but Mm. there are ten thousand foot mountains like five miles from downtown, Mm -hmm. five or 10 miles from downtown. So I'm looking out the windows right now and I'm looking at snow on the top of mountains, just like not that far from me. Mm -hmm. Um, There's incredible canyoneering. There's incredible hiking. There's incredible bike riding. There's of course all the beach stuff, but I live on the mountain side of town uh, intentionally so that I can do the mountain stuff because I'm I'm not not a beach guy. Um, Not a beach guy? Not a beach guy. What about like a... uh... You know, okay, here's what I'll say. I'll preface it. I'm not a beach guy either. I'm I'm very much bounds over beach pretty much any day of the week, except <clears throat> in Hawaii. Haven't been to Hawaii. You haven't uh, been to Hawaii. You gotta go. You gotta go to Kauai guy. specifically. Kauai right, is right. amazing. That's like the hippie island, right? Where people uh, there's like yeah. supposed to be communes out there in the middle of the forest and things oh, like that. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't surprise me. That's where there's like a huge state park, there's public land out there. Um Nepali coast is like the beautiful coast. That's like Jurassic park. You know, that's Nepali coast. That's, that's all out there. But now you think about it. Yeah. Um, me and my fiance went out there and it was, we went to there and then the big Island and Kauai was just undeniably the best just blew the other one out of the water. I almost feel like I haven't gone there because I don't know if I would ever come back if I did go. Yeah. I mean, she said when she was like, we need to figure out a way to live here at least some part of the year. And I was like, I agree. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing yeah, stuff. Incredible. I mean, all the videos I've seen of everybody going there, it just looks unreal. But yeah, maybe I would be into more into the beach there. I think I just, it, the beach for me is the kind of thing where I go, I've never gotten into surfing. It's just like something that hasn't clicked for me. I haven't mm-hmm. lived around the ocean. I think if I was more into surfing, I would be into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's the kind of thing where you like go and you sit on the beach for a second and you get really hot and sandy. Yeah. That's I hate thing. sand. Can I tell you, I hate sand. Okay. Okay. It, it's the worst. It gets in everywhere. It gets in everything. It's in mm-hmm. your clothes. It's in your 
butt crack. It's like everywhere and you can't yeah. get it off until you rinse. And then if you rinse in the water and you're at the beach, then you get all salty. It feels nasty. I don't know. <laughs> It's not a fan. <laughs> That's a difference. I like I like salty. I like having like salty hair, that kind oh, of thing. Right. I, I'm cool yeah. with that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just maybe just, just an inquired taste. You just got to get used to yeah, it. Yeah. Just not a thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always been into rivers. I mean, I grew up growing up in Oregon. Like it was a lot of it was like about swimming holes on rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's rivers everywhere. So we're, yeah, we're yeah. jumping off cliffs and jumping off bridges and doing that kind of thing. Like when we we're teenagers, and that just that's just ingrained in my. Soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way with me. I I mean, personally, there's not a lot of water here in Georgia, honestly. What's the price? There's, there's some that, I mean, the Appalachians, there's like, there's some, but a lot of the lakes here are just man-made. Um, the rivers aren't huge. And if you really want like the nice ones, you have to go up farther north, like Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. Like you have to get out of Georgia really, because North Georgia doesn't have much. Um, so for me, it was always just kind of mountains or just like playing wherever i could outside when i was growing up you know it wasn't yeah i, I didn't really it's kind of just like suburbs my neighborhood like have like a forest wooded area that we just run into and like carve sticks and stuff yeah yeah that's a lot of my growing up too i mean we spent so much time we had woods near our house and just mm-hmm. in the woods throwing like we used to throw rotten apples at each other that was like oh, a big okay thing. Dude. That was like a big thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like at the construction, so we'd like go to construction sites and throw dirt oh, yeah. cloth at each other. Or yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. I remember I was thinking too that I used to my first job I think that I ever had was um, I'd go into the forest and with my friend and we would shoot mistletoe out of the trees because mistletoe is like a it's a parasitic um, like oh, interesting. And, yeah, and so we would shoot that and then we would bundle it up and sell it door to door like around Christmas time, huh? Yeah. sustainable sustainable king i love it yeah i guess yeah that one. maybe has that early entrepreneurial spirit oh yeah yeah <laughs> just brewing inside of you <laughs> nice um let's talk a little about the future now let's talk about future trees obviously okay. you're going to hawaii you, you already signed the contract you're going to Kauai, all right yeah, yeah. specifically the north totally. that's where the coast is but anyway you're going there what's another place you want to go to want to go back to anything like that okay yes um well, yeah, I haven't done a lot of traveling since COVID times. Mm-hmm. So I'm due for like desperately due for some kind of really radical adventure. Um, I have a fantasy that I have not looked into enough okay. to dispel myself of this fantasy. But right. I think going to Madagascar would be like the most amazing mm. thing. I feel like that place gets a little bit overlooked, but it every time I see pictures of the geology or of mm. the animals that live there. Uh, it looks so incredible, just so wild, so different, so interesting. I'm not even sure what I would do there, but it just looks amazing. Just camp around. What's that one tree called? The crazy looking tree. Oh, the baobab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are Madagascar, right? I maybe. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't even know. I, I will admit, to like, <laughs> not enough about it. But just having seen some, I saw a National Geographic magazine about it or something once, and it just looked incredible. So. Oh yeah, I saw the movie Madagascar, so it looks pretty cool to me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so you know, <laughs> uh, nice. Well, here's something else about Madagascar that might pique your interest. Maybe not. Um, I'm a I'm an enthusiast of pirates, so I've I've read a couple of books about like piracy in the golden age and stuff like that back in the 1700s. And yeah. the first pirate to ever make it big, he's called the King of the Pirates, Henry Avery. They say he retired in Madagascar. 
Interesting. Yeah. I so mean, the then, British the British say that he like came back and like gambled it all away and died penniless. But are you going to believe him? Like, I don't believe him. I'm not going to believe those the 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 propaganda. You know. Yeah. So wait, where does this interest in pirates come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. It's it's kind of the allure of learning about something that you don't they don't really teach you in school because you never really learn. They just like I don't even know if the word pirate was ever said in school in the regards of like pirates of the Caribbean type stuff. And then I watched the movies on a plane. I was like, wow, this is sick. And it's it's the allure of no rules, <laughs> you know, like not not living in society is always is always nice to see YouTube videos, that kind of thing. But it's it's very interesting stuff, like who they were, what they did, why they did it. It's all just it's all new. That's why it's fun because they don't they don't teach you. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I had pirate Legos. I think that's as far as it went for me. But. There you go. Yeah. I mean, hey, that could have sparked it. <laughs> I got some book recommendations for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh so madagascar anywhere else top of mind uh boy yeah i mean a million places i one thing that i'm trying to do is to go i would like to go abroad more but there there are so many cool things to do in in the west absolutely uh, yeah it's it's just it's sometimes it's hard for me to leave because <laughs> you need so much time and so many resources to get out of the country and, and right in your back door there's just like all kinds of incredible things so um every year there's a permit application season in january for river trips multi-day river trips in the west that are um yeah that are permitted that have a limited uh, amount of launches you can do so mm-hmm. i just applied for all these dates for this summer for Rivers in Idaho, the Rogue River in Southern Oregon, um, uh, Desolation Canyon on the Green in Utah, um, the Yampa and Gates Lador in like Colorado and Utah border. So uh, yeah, so like a big river trip and like taking the fam out. I think that would be that's another thing that's on the list. That'd be amazing. Yeah, just a big river trip. I love it. That's something one of my buddies was talking about recently. Is <clears throat> he wanted to go to Michigan and do that? Do like a tour of the lakes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like kayak through the lakes. Totally. That That's another thing. Yeah. The boundary waters and yeah, that's what's called Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of my, I was talking about my parents canoeing. There's pictures of them like when they were I think newly married or something, they did a little trip in the boundary waters, just the two of them canoeing around and it looks amazing. Um, and that's something I never done. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, love to do that. Portaging. That's what it's called. Right. Portage? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Portage. Yeah, portage. Yeah, that's, yeah, because there's like lots of lakes that are separated by just a little spits of land that you got to carry across. And I think the only reason I don't want to go is I I really hate mosquitoes. I've spent enough time in Alaska to uh, just throw a profound hatred of mosquitoes. And I think you just Mm -hmm. live doing those kind of trips. Yeah. And that's very, isn't that interesting? Because I always hear that, that in Alaska, you just get swarmed by mosquitoes. It's absolutely the devil so made much, them. There's so much their their hell spawn. They they can live yeah. up in that. Oh, man. It's so awful. Yeah, it's so awful. I mean, I think it's not the worst place in the universe. Actually, anybody who's been <laughs> to uh to Utah in June knows uh, that those mosquitoes can be even worse. But really? I, I used to read some of those like early adventurer books, like they weren't mm. pirates, they were sort of the early explorers. And everything I've read about um the east coast of Canada, like mm-hmm. that area, that is supposed to be the absolute worst. And it's not mosquitoes, black flies. I think black flies are even worse than mosquitoes when they're yeah. biting. Yeah. Huh. And just swarms and swarms and swarms of them. Yeah. yeah so. My dad said one time he saw like a cloud and he was like, that's not fog. That's mosquitoes. <laughs> they're they're coming towards us. Mm-hmm. Just insane yeah. stuff. Insane. No thanks. No thanks. Nice. 
Do you have anything else to say about trees? Oh man, I can watch oh, yes. sure. Obviously, obviously there's more to talk about trees. Anything else you want to say on the podcast? Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's it. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think that one of the things that's motivated me throughout my life is just, um, yeah, the ability to go outside. And I'm really appreciative of this, like the ability to be able to go outside and, and in the West, you know, I've, I've lived in a bunch of places. I, I did live in the Southeast for a little while. I lived in Asheville for a couple of years. Okay, nice. Cool place. I, I lived in Austin, Texas for a little while. And so I've seen a bunch of different climates. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the West. The other thing, too, is there's just so much public land. Like you, like in Montana, yeah. you know, you can, any direction you go, you're going to be in, you're going to be on public land. And you can camp anywhere. And mm. that kind of spirit of being able to move sort of freely like that. I mean, there's all kinds of issues about how that land gets used then yeah yeah by different different groups not just for recreation but um Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just love that spirits alive in the west Mm -hmm. i think it is funny that the two places you lived in the southeast are the most like western side of the united states you know the two (laughs) hippie towns and (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) nice cool i mean okay i say we go on to uh the nylon section now the podcast great yeah um we're going to do a little combo since I want okay. to talk about dangle as well. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. tell me first how you got started dressing and yeah. then second, how you started this company. Yes. Okay, good. Um, how I got started dressing. Boy, I don't know. Oh yeah. 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 What was like a moment in your childhood or how'd you dress growing up? Did you care? Did you not care? Was it just functional? You know, yeah. those kind of questions. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it was, I think when you're a kid, you know, you're very much subject to, your, you know, your parents' ideas about fashion. And, Definitely. Yeah. And so my, a lot of what I wore growing up was like what my mom would get at um, JCPenney. Of course. So, yes. Like <laughs> there was, there was some cool stuff in there that I still wish that I had, like their brands, like Rude Dog. Uh, I remember it was like a cool brand. Um that was like you know it was like neon graphics were cool at the time this was like you know mid 80s or something so um yeah so it was like the jc penny special a lot of this stuff um and uh I've, I've become more conscious of it because now uh you know i have to dress a child so that's good <laughs> that's like uh-huh. changed my awareness of uh my relationship to clothing uh, which is interesting. Like, um, but I think that a lot of it too was like hand-me-downs and, uh, and I think there's a relationship between that and vintage, um, between that and, um, like heirloom. And I think that that influences the way that I still think about dressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also a functionality, like I would run around in the woods and it was Oregon. So everything was muddy and yeah. needed to be able to withstand that. So, uh, I, I never wore like white shirts (laughs) because those would just be instantly ruined and my mom would be mad at me right so um so that's very so partially partially functional um now tell me about dangle tell me about how it got started what was the inception of it okay so uh dang dangle spot has a really funny story um i this business still seems like a joke to me because it started (laughs) as uh but it's become more of a business so it's like less of a joke but it's still a joke uh so dangle supply started because uh a friend of mine the co-founder of dangle supply uh he uh he and i were observing this trend in outdoors 
sports where um, people that were going on trips would like hang a lot of stuff off of their backpack. Right. Okay. Like, I'm, sure you've seen this. I'm sure you've seen this trend. Yeah. Like you hang a cup off of your backpack. Whatever. Of course. I've done it myself. Very trendy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and so we were like, well, this is the silliest trend we've ever seen because you know, you got your cup out there, you're displaying your cup and then you get to camp and like you immediately have to clean out your cup just to use your cup Why don't <laughs> yeah. you just inside your bag. And so we were like, okay, well, what's the funniest thing that we could hang? And it was kind of like an internet, like clowning meme game where we're like, what's the funniest thing we could hang off our back? Okay. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, well, it would be funny if it was a bomb. That would be uh-huh. funny. And then we're like, okay, well, how could we make the world's highest tech bomb? We're like, well, <laughs> Obviously, it has to be made out of titanium. <laughs> of course, that's what the cups are made of that you're hanging <laughs> off your back. So, 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 and uh, my friend uh, Adam, he he makes bikes, uh, and so he knows how to weld. And he, but titanium uh, is very, titanium is very uh, difficult to weld. So, um, so he was like, "Well, maybe I'll practice welding titanium, uh, and I'll make a couple of these bongs." And so we made one, and we sent it out with our friend. Uh, he was he had showed up in Montana. I knew him from uh, from Austin, and he was going to ride his bike from Bozeman back to Texas. Wow! And so, yeah, and uh, and he he likes his he likes his weed, so we uh, so we gave him one of these bongs to like take some pictures of on his trip. And you know how the internet works; like some people saw that and they said, "Hey, where did you get that? Can I get one?" And so then we made like, a limited run of ten of them or something. And then, you know, one thing led to another and then like a hundred people wanted them. And then we were like, I don't know if we can keep up with this. And then we did a quarter <laughs> and we sold another hundred and then we we're like, whoa, okay, I guess we'll wow. make it. So there seemed to be some kind of niche there. And we, the whole time we were just like laughing and then <laughs> laughing because we we're selling people titanium bongs, which is like, seems like absolutely ridiculous still to me. <laughs> but there was a moment of awakening that I can't remember exactly when it happened, but I was like, okay, wait a minute. Outdoors X weed. It was like, of course, like nobody's in that space really. And it seems like yeah. such an, because everybody, yeah. I know, most people I know who go outside, like even if they don't, they're not into weed, they're not against it. Right. Like I think those, 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 you know, those attitudes have completely changed now. So, and a lot of people, in fact, are into it and mm-hmm. you know that like any of the people that were around in the early days of the building the outdoor industry like those people were out smoking weed but they weren't really probably public about it because yeah. they had to control that public image a little bit but um but yeah once i had that sort of epiphany i was like oh yeah okay and then we kind of came up with this slogan high outside which feels like it's a good fit for the brand and mm-hmm. it sort of snowballed from there wow so yeah, the world's uh, yeah, the world's stupidest idea became uh, <laughs> extremely <laughs> successful. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What... <laughs> Spoke to a niche you didn't even know existed. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a question about all this. Uh, I've seen shout out Action Bronson. He used to post all of these pictures and videos and stuff of like insane glass bongs that he was buying. They were like works of art, basically. Yes. Have you got anyone telling you that like bongs shouldn't just be pieces of titanium and like you've gotten haters in the comments saying that? <laughs> uh, we, we get all kinds of haters in the comments, um, but mostly <laughs> I feel really uh, blessed for our audience because most people who smoke weed are actually pretty chill. So yeah, 
Uh, our audience is our audience is actually really by and large great, but um, no, I don't know. We you know we we wanted to create an object to like I come from a design background, and so I wanted yeah. to create objects that spoke uh, a sort of simple language and were uh, were akin to um, my ideas about how objects should be designed in sort of like simple, functional, minimal ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you could take them outside and you know titanium is an incredible material too it's just like i think it's one of the world's most amazing materials it it has properties of it has like incredible conductivity it's incredibly strong and light um you can do all kinds of it's an incredibly springy material so there's like all these really really neat things you can do with it um and that's why some of these uh you know these really nice heritage brands that have been have made like their whole name on these kinds of things like snow peak or i was gonna say <laughs> Shana, snow peak yeah totally and they you know what one of the things i'm really envious about with them is that they have a whole it's very difficult to um, create the, uh, a supply chain and uh, build an audience around a product in the way that they have and they were really well i mean there were probably people before them but they've done such a good job of cultivating that audience that um mm-hmm. I really admire that about them. Um, and I think that, but, but, but the thing is that though, that like the way that we approach our brand uh, is really different than those brands and that we really lean into that like jokey idea. Like, I think also, you know, we're different than them because we don't take things very seriously. Yeah. I will say I've, I've spoken to a couple of snow peak, um, employees they are very serious. They're yeah, very serious. They can joke, joke around, but they're very serious about their product. Very serious. Yeah. And totally. And I don't think, yeah. And I think that you should be serious about your product to some degree, but I think there's also just, this is an observation, not just about them, but I think in general, the way things are marketed to us these days are often like way serious. Like this most performance enhancing thing you could possibly buy. (laughs) And, and like, we shouldn't be serious, first of all. <laughs> like, and 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 I think that 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 message, like, is a lot like that seriousness would like really just doesn't work um, all the time. It doesn't it doesn't help your brand stay out. Like, if everybody's taking it too seriously, it's not, it's not funny. Yeah, so. I agree. I think <clears throat> I try to occupy that same space of like someone said it. I can't remember who, but someone said it's a very serious space. This this whole outdoor apparel industry is very serious, and it's nice to just listen to something not so serious about the outdoor apparel space. Absolutely. I like like that same vibe. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah. And I think you're doing a good job of that. I mean, these, these conversations are so casual and, and it allows people to open up and like be real. That's the plan. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And not, and not just have that kind of like brand face on, which is, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't very human. Like it's not like, no. and, And I feel like if we're, if we're really people who are into the outdoors, then we should be treating everybody like in this sort of humane way. Like it's not just mm-hmm. about like how high tech your products can be. It's a, it's like about, it is about this kind of community of people that you interact with and associate with. Exactly. Exactly. And doing it in like a normal human way, you know, Yeah. talking yeah, yeah. about it in a normal human way, <laughs> yeah, normal human not way. having to use marketing buzzwords to talk about customers and totally. No. And like, you imagine if I, came on, I was like, I was like, look at how serious my brand campaign is about <laughs> Bonks. <laughs> like you yeah. would, would you would have you would have to laugh me out the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it i like that i like that ethos that's good um so talk to me a little bit now about your current style you've mentioned already having a dress a toddler and how that's affected you has that affected how you dress at all 
Uh, yeah, I like don't have any time to think about it. So okay, cool. uh, that's one thing. And I think that actually that is probably the most important thing about how I think about dressing is like, okay, so the clothes you wear, I don't want to, I don't want to be too political about this, but I think exactly. that like everything that you, you convey to the world has a politics to it. And so the, the, your expression, uh, at, in the clothes that you wear, like say mm -hmm. something about those politics. And so uh, I, I wear, like, I have sort of adopted the kind of uniform mentality where I like to find something that works for me in a kind of functional way that I also think is aesthetically aligned with my, my vibe. And, uh, and then I sort of like have a very limited set of things that are my go-tos. Right. Okay. So the way that that embodies those politics is like, you know, things that are durable, right. So things, so you don't have to buy a lot of them. Uh, things that are produced in a somewhat sustainable fashion. Yeah. So, like I like things that are either, uh, you know, use natural materials. So I think like, because we're talking about on that end, like I think like the advances in organic cotton and hemp and things like those, those are really like wonderful fabrics and can be handled in really beautiful mm -hmm. way. Um, and I also think that, uh, vintage is a thing that doesn't get talked about a lot in the kind of outdoor sports world. But mm -hmm. um, I think that I think that pulling from like vintage style is really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember the days when uh, some of these some of these brands were pretty young, like, I don't know, like I remember when the North Face was still like a real mountaineering company. And, uh, you know, mountain jackets were like the those are like the coolest things. And I still look at that style and I'm like, this is amazing. And all my heroes wore that stuff, like the mm -hmm. ski heroes. Right. Um, and yeah. And so I think like looking back at those things is really interesting. And we, we're lucky in Montana, we have some pretty incredible uh, vintage stores and vintage outdoor stores. Right. So like one of the cool things about these ski towns where people spend a lot of money on ski clothes is they also yeah. turn clothes over pretty regularly. Yeah. So get stuff that is um yeah that's like you can get an arctic jacket that has been used for three days for somebody's ski season and then it's turned into the like the wow. vintage so that's crazy yeah so um and then i think also like the other sort of point in there too is like i really love small brands that are like handcrafted stuff or like oh yeah yeah small companies, right i love that yeah and ideally that also things aren't that people aren't trying to like charge some kind of absurd uh, markup for. Like I saw a beanie the other day that somebody wanted to pay $75 for. And I was like, that's insane. Like that can't be real. What? Yeah. 375. That, yeah. I'm Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I understand things costing more because like, yeah, they're, they're, made by hand sustainably sourced like i get all that that's really expensive for a beanie <laughs> it does feel at some point like it's just trying to participate in a world of overpriced fashion that yeah it needs to be. like if you yeah if you you know the more you learn about these fancy fashion brands the more you realize that they're the same companies in china make all of their yeah clothing. and so yeah like there's no the, what you're paying for is the brand you're not paying mm -hmm. for the materials you're not paying actual for material 
or any of that stuff. You're just paying for the brand. And so I think when you see these small manufacturers try to do that sort of thing where they're putting such a premium on their brand, it sort of, it feels a little bit disingenuous to me. Um, I'm I'm also happy to pay for things that are made by small manufacturers who have like much yeah. higher overheads, right? And have better working conditions for the people that are making this stuff and all those kinds of things. But um but yeah, and also like a lot of those, a lot of those handmade products, you have an actual relationship with the people that make them, right? You could mm-hmm. DM them and be like, could you make that a little smaller? <laughs> they will exactly. That. That's pretty awesome. That's <clears throat> super cool. That's the kind of world I want to live in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's about that kind of like community aspect. And I think that in the outdoor world, like it is a small enough place that those relationships matter. And I, li- I really like that. Um, I like having a personal relationship, you know, Daniel supply is really small. It's mostly me these days and, um, and having a personal relationship with the people who are in our inbox is really mm-hmm. important. Like, I think that's a great thing to hold on to as long as you can. I agree. I think that's super important. Yeah. Stay local or local on the internet if that's, that makes any sense yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. i think like local yeah local ethos like local idea uh, of, yeah totally. nice it's it's your neighborhood shop but it's on instagram that kind of <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice um again you kind of moseyed on into the dangles play already so talk to me about uh the future if you if, if you want to if you don't have anything else to say yeah. Uh, I mean, I got, yeah, all kinds of things. Um, all about I, think, that. I know you got more to say. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just constantly struggle like, okay, so this brand started as a joke. It's a little bit mm-hmm. more serious now. I don't ever want to take it so seriously that it loses its identity. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think about how can we continue to grow our offerings and also continue to keep things uh, fun and tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I also admire other brands that are out there that seem to be continuously like innovating uh, mm-hmm. in a way that like they seem to be having fun with uh, form, okay. maybe like the form or the materials or whatever. So what's I an think, example of that? Um, okay. Uh, well, okay. So like, this is a big brand from a while ago, but like, I think about Oakley. Okay. I think about like when they released those over the head glasses. Yeah. The ones everyone's crazy for who signed off on that. <laughs> like they, that, how much that must've cost so much to bring that to market. Mm-hmm. And it was such a crazy idea that the world was like, not, I don't think the world is, the world still isn't ready for that. <laughs> and I really admire that. I think that's super cool. I think yeah. like as somebody who like, uh, is in creative fields. Like I love it when people just kind of push the limits and take a risk on something that seems like mm-hmm. totally cool. So I'd love to keep that energy in the brand. Like I always think about, I always try to balance that. Like what is the weirdest thing we could do with what's a thing that's actually not just going to sit on the shelf forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really reveal what's in the works, but um, we have, we're expanding into new product categories. Mm. I would say, I think okay. that, um, titanium as a material can be used and has like a ton of opportunity to be used in all kinds of really interesting ways. Okay. And so, yeah, I think anybody who wants to work with uh, us on any kind of like really radical thing or something that can, something that also is like a brand partnership that uh, crosses over into a different kind of space we're we're always super open to. Yeah. Cool. How did the row collab come along? Um, how did that come along? Uh, I can't really remember. I think um, 
I think that either Patrick or somebody at um, Slam Jam reach out and we're interested in the kinds of things that were possible for um, like lightweight, functional um, products that uh, crossed over into the, into the like cannabis realm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have such a good eye for what, what the future holds and, um, and what, and uh, yeah. And so I think they kind of see, they see the same thing that we're seeing, which is like, this stuff is mainstream enough for us that it's only a matter of time until other brands see it as mainstream too. Yeah. And it's also kind of like, it's weird to think that anybody thinks that weed is edgy still, but I think for the mainstream it is. Yeah. And so that there's kind of like some clout, I think, to doing something <laughs> that is edgy is like yeah. seen as edgy in a way, you know, like in, yeah. in our um, yeah. So, so they approached us and we're like, Hey, let's just try this out. And I think it was, super cool i'm not sure that their audience got it really because <laughs> i think it's still edgy but mm. i think there's a lot more possibility for those kind of brand partnerships um yeah and it was really fun getting into those folks and i would love to go over and actually like like i don't know we've talked about like okay what if we worked with um vibram on some kind of like titanium embedding in shoe products or something oh that'd be cool right? Yeah, like right, because like you could you could imagine like titanium laces or toe guards or spikes wow. in the or like ankle like ankle cuffs for like thorny terrain or whatever uh -huh. like kinds of opportunity for that material. Yeah. I my mind my mind went to a, a vibram bottom on a bong. This one doesn't fall <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, or it can come the other way too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the truly the, the true outdoorsman bong that'd be hilarious <laughs> totally, yeah. super grippy <laughs> oh yeah just lots of good product video of it not slipping <laughs> so, <laughs> incline. Yeah. okay you're hired yes, that's fine hey that first one's free next one's gonna cost <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> sick um is there another brandon that you have in mind that uh you would like to reach out to or reach out to you to work Oof. with Oof. um Mm. I'm so up to my eyeballs right now in things <laughs> that are going on. Um uh -huh. let let's see. Let me think. Let me think. Um yeah, take all the time you need. Yeah, I feel like I'm I have to cut this together. I'm on the spot. Uh yeah, I think I think about these things all the time. I think like um my favorite thing is pe people from like really different product categories. So like people who are okay. coming world like let's do something but let's make it outdoorsy uh so i don't know what that would be like um i don't want to work with general mills but like frosted flakes or something you know like okay. something real strange like okay like, yeah like one time we did a photo shoot where we had milk and cereal inside of a bong and i thought that was really funny so i think good yeah 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 so i just think like um yeah the weird the weirdest the wildest brand partnership just come at me just like use your creative brain, try to find a way to make like guitars and titanium. I guess guitars and titanium could work kind of well, actually. Now that yeah, I think about it's, it, it's fine. Yeah. you can't figure out some way to use titanium. In, so exactly. Yeah. That's fun. It's like a nice little challenge. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah like we've got, we've got a bunch of stuff lined up for 2023 and starting in 24 that are going to be super fun and cool things, mm. but can't really talk about them yet but uh no spoilers know, there's a holiday in april there might be some stuff dropping um okay yeah yeah 
Nice stuff. Um, I think that's all I got for you. Do you have any questions for me before we wrap things up? Um, what, okay. So tell me, uh, what, what's your stance on, on weed? On weed? Here's my stance. This is going to be, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, so I don't smoke weed. Yeah. That's me, but no problem with it at all. I think it should be fully legalized. Um, think the war on drugs was an utter failure that yeah. just cost people lives and money to this day. So yeah, not a fan of that. Um, roommates smoke like at least once a day. So <laughs> cool with that. Uh, the reason I don't is because I just, I don't know. It just never really appealed to me. I, um, for a while. So I got a car crash back in 2016 where I had like crazy nerve damage and stuff to my arm and I was on Oxycontin. Um, and I'm usually like pretty sharp and like with it and you know, I'm pretty mentally all there if I even, I can't speak very well. Um, mm -hmm. And there was just like two or three weeks of my life that I just like don't remember anything about. I was just like saying, I don't know. It just felt weird. I was just like drifting in and out because I was, it was on pain medication for nerve damage. So like, obviously yeah. I wasn't like over, I wasn't addicted. I wasn't like overdosing or anything like that. It was just like, I didn't like that yeah, feeling. You're on, you're on opiates. <clears throat> yeah. I'm on opiates. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the feeling of being like blackout drunk or like too drunk even. So I don't know. I'm just kind of a loser like that. Uh, but I, I have nothing against it. I just don't know if I ever will try it. I think that, I think that, that what's so cool about this era that we're in is those things are all options and you can choose them or not choose them. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the cool things about opening, I think some people vibe with weed and some people don't, and that's fine. Yeah. And some people vibe with alcohol and some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, I have never cared for smoking cigarettes, for instance. I think like the aesthetics of smoking cigarettes is super great. But so I, sick. So like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great movies. It's great. It always looked great. And like when I worked in kitchens, like people taking their smoke breaks, I oh, wish yeah. that I had something to do while I was standing out back in the alley. But, um, but it's never been my thing. Mm -hmm. I think that what this product category opens up is for people to do their thing. So if your thing is like, I want to go rock climbing, then afterwards I want to smoke a joint. Mm -hmm. Great. Cool. And like, yeah, here's like the brand built just for that, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it's for like, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype around the, the uh, hemp derivatives right now. And, you know, they're supposed like wellness value for you. And I don't, I don't know if I buy in any of that, but I just think like anything that enhances the way that you feel when you're outside, whether that's relaxing afterwards or whether that's uh, some kind of enhanced experience while you're doing it, um, I'm into. And so why should we make anybody feel bad about doing it or not doing it? Let's just, I agree. Let's do it if they want. Yeah. I agree, man. Fully. I know what your stance on ways. I don't have to ask you. You did mention something. Do you not think that uh, like CBD and stuff is like helpful for people? Oh, what, no, no, what no, are you no, alluding no. to in that? No, 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 absolutely. No, no. I just think, I think the wellness industry is full of a bunch of voodoo and marketing speak and mm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, the history, if you look into the history of that, uh, that idea of wellness, it's, uh, it's sort of well-documented as being very fraudulent. And mm -hmm. I think that CBD absolutely offers things to people. Um, but it just, we're sort of like, um, these things become kind of in fashion and I feel like it is. In yeah, fashion, you know? definitely. And definitely. In a way that's like difficult to have perspective on when you're like, 
you know, deep in, deep in it, you know? So no, yeah. certainly like, I'm an advocate for anybody who, anybody, anything that works for anybody. Great. I'm psyched about that. Sick. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does feel a lot like, um, you know, weed is decriminalized in a lot of States. It's legalized recreationally in a lot of States. And now it's kind of like a bunch of old guys sitting at a board meeting are just like, we should really push this now. Like CBD is legal. We should really push it to this. We should push it here. Like it, it feels disingenuous unless it is like a smaller company. That's kind of like, this has kind of always been our deal. Yeah. now it's cool like it's hard to see the structures of power at work with any of this stuff um you know the the thing about the weird thing about dangle supply actually related to this is that we you know our product violates the terms of service for from the meta company and also oh. google so we cannot run paid ads for anything interesting so one of the things i'm actually proud about about the business is we've been able to build an audience yeah without any of that like fake engagement or mm -hmm. farm engagement anyway. And so, uh, yeah, so this product that we have that's federally legal, right? We're not <laughs> weed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is federally legal also, like, like we can't advertise for it. So it is this like weird gray space and you're like, who is pulling those strings and why? Mm -hmm. it turns out that part of it is like, for good reasons, right? Like um, the tobacco industry was taking advantage of advertising for so long and like yeah. much of the detriment of a lot of people's health. And so we're still dealing with the fallout of that. But we're in this very sort of like brave new world, like who knows what's going to happen where these things are mm -hmm. going to like. And I just tend to be sort of very skeptical when um, somebody's trying to push something really hard because it just seems like they're trying to make money on it. And so they'll tell me anything to sell to me. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. Um you don't have to say it. I can cut this question out also. Is there going to be Dangle Supply weed coming out or CBD or anything like oh, that? Products? Uh, actually, yeah. Well, um, we have, so we we do have a line in, it's only Montana because, you know, the state regulations are all very different. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah in Montana, if you're in Montana, if you're in Bozeman, you can go to Juniper Cannabis, who are some friends of ours, and you can actually get our sports weed, which is- Sports weed. Sports weed. So for doing sports, <laughs> be sporty to do it. Uh, no, okay. it's like it's very mellow. It's a it's a really mellow sativa blend that's uh, that's just really nice for like relaxing after uh, after an outdoor activity or for light enhancement while you're doing your outdoor activity. Something that's not meant to like get you blasted. Something that's just like meant to keep you chilled out. I'm looking for it right now. Yeah, it's, I see you know, it. Sports weed. There it is. <laughs> cool. Great. That's wonderful. I love it. But like I put up I put up an Instagram post about it the other day and it got taken down. Wow. So. That is so strange. And you know what's even weirder is that my friend, um, <clears throat> one of my roommates was just like scrolling through his page and this one meme page he followed just started straight up posting porn, like probably like 20 videos of just actual porn. And it was nothing, nothing was removed. And then you can't post this because you know we're on drugs and whatnot. <laughs> no, totally. And we don't even sell it. <laughs> yeah that's insane <laughs> yeah so wow huh um well yeah you've you mentioned a lot about the future what's to come a lot of things that you can't say but sound very interesting um you personally you've talked about vintage all that where would you like to see fashion this whole kind of space move towards in the future yeah uh that's a great question i think that there are some brands in the space uh, that's, I, I, I don't, there's not a word for it. It's not been coined yet, but I think there's this kind of like new cannabis movement, which mm. 
if you grew up in the 90s, the only place you could get uh, items related to weed consumption were at usually these like dingy, dark head shops with like skull posters everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the smoke shop Never. vibe. I know that. Yeah, totally, totally, smoke shop vibe. Yeah, and that that was... So it was made to, it, it sort of like made you feel like you were being bad when you were doing Yeah, it. definitely. Right. And so, cause it was like things you never wanted your parents to know that you did mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think there is a new movement that's relating uh, fashion, cannabis culture, things. And, and that is where it's moving and that's where I want to be. And that's where a bunch of cool other brands are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where it becomes uh, more lifestyle oriented and um, more uh, like fun, happy, good times rather than dark, bad, you shouldn't be doing it times. Yeah, uh, I do think going off of that, that there is like a fine line between being one of the cool brands that's like entering that space and kind of changing the perception of how you, you know, enjoy cannabis. And also one of those brands that's like... um working off the backs of all the people who went to jail for it. And like, I think, I don't know. It's, it's a weird gray area, honestly, because especially in the United States, there've been so many like imprisonments for weed. And now it's like, okay, all these black people went to jail for having an ounce of weed on them. And now all these white people have like multi acre farms of marijuana in their basement. Like, I don't know. There, there's something to say about that also. And that's, you know, the privilege that some people have in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's all kinds of opportunity for restorative justice. And I think they're actually in this movement, there's a lot of awareness about that. Okay, um, good. There are several coalitions that, um, that one, one of which we're a part of, that uh, we give money every month to the Last Prisoner, Prisoner Project, which is doing uh, legal work to uh, to release people from prison for you know, misdemeanor drug charges, uh, which mm-hmm. is super important part of that work. It's not the whole picture. It's just a very small part, but um, yeah, absolutely on that side of things. And I think the consciousness in the industry around those is in this new cannabis world is like, like it's high on people's minds. Um, Good. And yeah. Let's think about that. All right, cool. Cause I, I think obviously when I think of weed, I think of like, progressive culture you know i think of people who would care about that and it probably is those like suits who are saying yeah it doesn't really matter whatever let's just well, yeah if you product. look at the way that this is the way that everything works in in our capitalist society is that mm-hmm. uh, they're the powers of be they see the money and they yeah. create the giant company and then they do everything for the profits of their shareholders or their backers or whatever like there there's some huge companies like medmen in uh in california that um yeah, they kind of own the industry, basically. Mm. And wow. so, um, yeah, I don't know what we can do. Uh, yeah, we could have a whole different conversation about what can be done about that. But I think that continue to spread the word and like cultivate a uh, kind of sense of community around the opportunities for innovation and inclusiveness in the space. Um, that's what a lot of the people that I know are talking about in the mm. world. Um, and yeah, and so, yeah, talked about that. Good. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to hear. Cause I'm not in those meetings. So I just, I just see what I see. <laughs> yeah. Give me an invite. I'll be there. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, do you have any other questions for me? Uh, 
No, no. I just want to say thanks for taking the time to chat a little bit. It's always um, fun to talk about uh, being outside and uh, and then you know other things related to being outside. Absolutely, sir. But anyway, Colin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> of course, man. Of course. Uh, and where can anyone find Dangle Supply since you can't legally push ads on Meta? <laughs> yeah, no, but you can you can find us on Instagram at. Uh, dangle underscore supply or uh, on the internet at danglesupply.com awesome love to see it all right great to talk with you man Thanks. Thanks.